Welcome to the Voices of Freedom podcast by Freedom All Cart. We're your co-hosts, Devin and Mandy. Each week, you'll hear mind-blowing interviews from survivors and professionals, as well as actionable tips that you can implement in your life to become a better advocate for human trafficking survivors. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now let's jump into the next episode of Voices of Freedom. For this week's episode, we have two special guests, um, two Freedom staff members, and we are going to be covering the cafe. This month is um, our one-year anniversary cafe celebration, which is really exciting. So we thought that we would do a bonus episode and bring Paula and Carissa on to talk more. Um, a little bit about each of them. Paula is the CEO here at Freedom a la Carte and has led the organization since June of 2016. Paula began her work with Freedom in 2013 as a volunteer, board member, and founder of the Eat Up Columbus fundraising event. Paula leaves the organization from an (laughs) entrepreneurial perspective, having operated her own boutique marketing agency for 10 years. She was awarded a 2017 Pillar Award as a nonprofit executive director of the year and was named a Central Ohio Smart 50 Award honoree for her business leadership. Carissa is the social enterprise director here at Freedom All Cart. Since beginning in 2018, she has jumped into the growing ebbs and flows of Freedom All Cart's bustling catering business and multiple pivots. Her 10 plus years in the service industry, with opportunity to open several new restaurants and a degree in marketing and design, prepared her for taking on Freedom All Cart's longtime vision, the Freedom All Cart Cafe and Bakery. She thrives on high energy business model while combining that with a meaningful mission. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Excited to be I'm here. So honored to be asked to be a part of the podcast. There's no pressure on having your former boss and current <laughs> boss uh, be on your podcast episode. <laughs> okay, so let's jump in. What are each of you guys' favorite items off of the cafe menu? That's actually not an e- easy question because it's like depends on the day. Um, so <laughs> As for- of today. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Um, so for me personally, um, I always want an almond croissant. So that's always my go-to. Um, but I'd probably say the sweet potato hash is my daily favorite at the moment. Did I steal yours? You stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the sweet potato hash. Mm-hmm. It was the um, spiced carrot salad, but yeah. that got nixed from the menu. It could make a comeback one day. I just tell you, some <laughs> some people have no power. <laughs> Coming from the CEO. Yeah, I, would also, I also have to plug the Chagatino, um drink, the the mushroom. Yes, mushroom coffee. Coffee, mm-hmm. so fabulous. So that's my go-to drink. But yeah, yeah. Look out for that um, on social media soon. We're going to be highlighting that drink to explain more of what that is. Um, okay, so Paula, first question for you: What does it mean? to each of you to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Freedom a la Carte, the cafe, this month? So when I reflect on that, I think we should be calling it the one-year birthday instead of the one-year anniversary, because I feel like we literally gave birth to this place. (laughs) (laughs) Like we had a pregnancy that we went through, (laughs) and then we had a labor, 
And then there was lots of late nights and little sleep. So, yeah. Absolutely, right? I completely agree. And then I think, like, that first year was just kind of a blur. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, it's like, oh, my gosh, the thing is still breathing and it's still alive. (laughs) So here we are. Are you seeing the thing or are you actually internalizing, (laughs) I'm still alive? I'm still alive. Well, that too. (laughs) But, yeah. I I have a firsthand look into motherhood after this year. So, yeah. Give us an inside scoop out, like, what that process looked like from the very beginning. It was long. We started in 2014 looking at places. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Really started looking seriously, bringing an architect in and looking and and planning and seeing, hey, would this work? Mm -hmm. And then... uh, going at that for several months and then determining, you know what, that's not the best place, and then going to another place. And that was, you know, lots of years of that. Right. So, yeah, it was a long process. I know I have this question later, but I think it fits better right here. Why did Freedom a la carte, like, want a cafe? Um, so I think a lot of people wanted to support Freedom, mm-hmm. but not everybody needed catering. And so just thinking of what's another way that we can introduce people and serve people with with our business. Um, also, of course, like thinking of it as a way to extend the business so that we have more employment opportunities for the women in the workforce development program. Mm-hmm. Um, also, as as a way to extend our commitment to collaboration and to the community, to endorse um advocacy for human trafficking and and just extend on that uh, as well Mm -hmm. and then it also like the cafe aligned with what we were already doing as far as breakfast and lunch yeah Um, it's that strong box lunch business translated really well into um you know, a cafe. And, you know, by closing at three o'clock in the afternoon, you, your staff is able to go home and take care of their kids and still have, have a life instead of, you know, a typical restaurant that would be open all night long. So all of those reasons, cafes was what we thought worked work best. So what are some obstacles Freedom has overcome over the years and how did we do it? Wow. I would say the first one that comes to mind is having a home. Like Freedom's had so many different homes Mm -hmm. over the year. We actually started um, in a bar. Like we we bought the food cart, right? And then you can't have a food cart all year long. And so we had this, what are we gonna do in the winter? And so we operated out of a bar. Um, Bar was called Double Happiness. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) But think of us. Yeah. Working with survivors in recovery. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And we're in the back like, of a bar. Why would before, we a bar? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's what was offered at the time. Yeah. From there, we moved to the YMCA. So we were, like, on the fifth or sixth floor. You'd ride up with all the men living in the Y. Um, we had a nice kitchen set up up there, but then you were hauling stuff up and down this elevator. Um so we did that. Then we moved, uh, partnered with the YMCA at the Van Buren Shelter. So we operated out of that kitchen. That had its own challenges as well, as you can imagine. You know, working the women in a homeless shelter a little too close to where they've been. Yeah. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't we doing, um, like, operating their, their kitchen as well as, like, the business yeah. of freedom? Holy 
So go. like the catering and yeah, so we served meals yeah. to the guests at the shelter, breakfast, wow. lunch, and dinner, seven days a week. And then we also operated our catering business out mm-hmm. of that. So we did that for a couple of years. Um, then that contract ended, and then we moved up to Arlington, which was great in that it gave us our private space, and mm-hmm. we were separated. Um, it was safe. It was on the bus line, but... You know, it took the women two hours to get to work on the bus up there, yeah. two hours to get home. And so that was a struggle. Um, and I think we were a little too removed from people up there. Mm-hmm. So here we are downtown, our own building, like that feels good. Like it's our home. We're committed. So this mm-hmm. is great. Um, yeah. Then also we did this really quick trial run of a cafe we partnered with the Northside branch of the Columbus Metropolitan Library. Okay. So that was 2000, I think, 17, 18. And we thought that would be like a great test. Mm-hmm. And that really um, didn't work well for us. We were only serving coffee. But we also realized the thing that we learned from that experience was that we worked well in one place. Like what makes things work is our community and mm-hmm. everyone like being together. No one wanted to go like off site and work by themselves yeah. in this little cafe. So all, you know, being together worked. Mm-hmm. So even though that didn't work out for us, we learned we learned from that. Yeah, and just to piggyback off that, obviously um, the last couple years has um, brought on new obstacles, um, COVID being one of them. Um, I'll never forget the day when I was getting phone calls and emails of everyone just canceling absolutely everything. And it was oh. one of our busiest months. And um, we were actually in the middle of making like 200 bucks lunches for like one order. And they were like, nope, it's canceled. So um, yeah, that was like, <laughs> my heart just kind of dropped on that. Um, so we quickly pivoted to, you know, what can we do um, to keep our staff employed? Like how, right. how do, like what do we do? So um, we pivoted to a nourishing our community. Um, fun Sack meals. Yeah. yeah. I think um, that's what you guys were doing when I came on. Yeah. Before. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we were just, yeah, it's called nourishing our community. We partnered um, with different organizations. They funded the meals and we just made these really kind of basic sack lunch meals um, that were still super tasty because um, we always want to put out a high quality product no matter what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just made hundreds and hundreds of sack lunches and um, we delivered them to uh, homeless camps, um, survivors that were, you know are in our community, um, lots of different partners, um, Salvation Army. Uh, so we did that for a few months, like about During three. The yeah. Um, so then... We had to do another pivot because catering still wasn't back. So we and the cafe, um, although it was still very much in the works and we were talking about it, we weren't there yet. Mm-hmm. So we did Freedom at Home. Um, Freedom at Home brought on, again, that was a whole new business um, concept that we hadn't done before. At least the sack lunches was really similar to what we've done in the past. Um, so, yeah, so that was a new learning experience for not only like myself and the staff, but the women who were in our workforce uh, development program. Um, so then once freedom at home, that lasted for actually one year, we did freedom at home for one year. And when we moved into the cafe and 
here we are. So we yeah. did discontinue Freedom at Home, but that's because catering has come back in full force. And, you know, we really wanted to put our heart and soul into the cafe and really making it something um, that the community really wants to be a part of. So um, now we're here. How did mass affect running the cafe? Like, was, the, was that, like, impactful, um, like, with customers or anything? I think it had it had its challenges. Um, sometimes, uh, I think in a cafe, you know, like being friendly and like making connections is like really important. And kind of the guidelines was to like not really be around people and to like right. have a distance. So it kind of it was just harder to I think like really get some momentum. Um, and especially not only with the mass mandates, our location, um, you know, a lot of people were not back in office. So, um, and that fluctuated a lot. So we never quite knew what to expect on a daily basis. Right. Um, so. Okay. Next question. How did freedom a la carte begin? I feel like we touched on it a little bit in our very first episode. Um, but we wanted to kind of like go deeper in that and like share with our audience, um, I guess, who Freedom was from the very beginning. Yeah, so you want me to start with the organization? Yeah. Okay, so so the organization started working with survivors of human trafficking in 2009 when Judge Paul Herbert started Catch Court. So do I assume that people know what Catch Court is or to give a brief synopsis? Um, I think that like audience could go back and listen to um, Judge Herbert's episode where we covered um, catch. Okay, awesome. So we came in, we thought this was such a wonderful program that they were doing. Um, The organization came in and said, what can we do to support this? And started bringing in meals. So we brought in in, uh, lunches for the women to enjoy and get to know each other over, over a meal and then realized that the women didn't have like anybody to really cheer them on through this program. So we started a mentorship program. We provide rides from jail to the treatment facilities. We help the women get I- identification, their IDs, just whatever needs to happen. So, so was it just like volunteer ran at this point or was there actual staff? Yet? No, we actually had staff. Okay. Yeah, Julie Clark was the founder and so she had um, a a few people on staff. She might have been mainly volunteer. I'm not quite sure at that point. But then after two years, 2011, the women are doing great and catch, mm-hmm. but they realize these women can't get a job. They had so many employment barriers. No one would hire them. Uh, and, and quite frankly, like there were some skills that they lacked as well. They just didn't have experience and they didn't feel comfortable in that environment quite yet. So they bought this food cart on eBay for $1,200 and started making really great tasting flavorful sandwiches and pushing pushing that cart around to festivals they sold sandwiches in front of the courthouse and just wherever they could find a place Mm -hmm. and um, sold sandwiches and then that grew to the catering business um, and then obviously to the now the catering and cafe business that we have today are there any sandwiches like og sandwiches that are still like incorporated in our catering from the beginning, I don't think we do. I think, I mean, maybe some of the basic ones. The turkey tango has yeah. been on, like, forever. Mm-hmm. So that could be. Yeah, I think there's original. been, like, a little, like, bit of revamped for yeah. the turkey tango. But that, I believe, was an OG sandwich. Um, and then um, the coconut macaroon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, yes, probably. That's our signature. Yeah. 
from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Always a commitment to really great, interesting food. You know, we don't just put out a typical sandwich. We want to make sure that it has, you know, something exceptional that makes it special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I first started and I like was trying the sandwiches, I was like, these are things that I would have like never heard of. Like, it's definitely not like a shredded chicken sandwich or a cheeseburger. Like, our sandwiches are very unique in their own. Um, so another thing that when I first started, I heard the term social enterprise put around, and I feel like I've probably heard it before, but I didn't really know what it was until starting here. So Carissa, do you want to tell us like what a social enterprise is? Yeah, um, so a social enterprise is a business with a uh, specific social objective that serves as its primary purpose. Um, so while it's very similar to traditional business in the sense that they aim to make a profit, they reinvest or donate that profit to create a positive social change. Um, so our social enterprise, our catering business cafe, you know, that um, is the heart of our workforce development program. Mm -hmm. So, And while we're a social enterprise, we're still also a nonprofit. Um, and that's where, like, our supportive services um, come in. So we have two parts of this organization or business or however you want to look at it, which is super, super unique. I'd say the other interesting thing about our social enterprise is that not only do the profits from the business are used to support the programs that we offer, but it's also um, the way that we use to serve the women, so we employ them. So mm -hmm. we're also called an employment social enterprise or an ESE, oh, which cool. is yeah, which is kind of a another level, I guess, mm -hmm. of social enterprise that has you know its own its own interests and unique challenges. I didn't even know that we did that. So learn something new every day. I'm here. <laughs> and last question that we have for you guys is. What is the vision for Freedom All Carte for the future? Well, I think from speaking to people around the country, really, uh, what we've developed here is unique and different and needed in other places. And going back to our experience at the, the Northside Branch, uh, what we learned was we work well in one place. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of the drive to have one building here that housed everything that we do. So I think our goal is to do the most we can here in central Ohio through the facility that we have, mm -hmm. concentrating on employing as many women as we can, but then taking this model that we've built and replicating that in other markets mm -hmm. so that we can serve more women, like really helping them. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for this bonus episode and sharing a little bit more about what the cafe is and a social enterprise and all of the fun things. And we want to remind you guys to share your voice because your voice matters.